Pastors Larry and Tiz welcome you to another New Beginnings Church podcast. Go deeper into God's Word with practical messages and lifestyle studies that will equip, inspire, and encourage you in your relationship with Jesus. Get ready to be fit for life. As we get started, I'd like to share a story with you. I love stories. And this story leads, is a, is a gateway into our study this morning. There's this man who is blind sitting at the base of the stairs of this grand building in this town square. He is sitting there with a sign and a little can wanting people to extend some help to him. Uh, he could hear the hustle and bustle of the people. And uh, as people walked by, occasionally they would drop some change at his feet for him to pick it up. And his little sign says, I'm blind, please help. People weren't really seemed to be moved by this little sign as they walked by. They just continued on. There was this young lady, as she was walking through the square, she began to approach a man by looking at him, but she continued on. Beyond a few steps past the man, she stops in her tracks. She turns around and she picks up the sign. She flips it over and writes on it. Gives the sign back to the man and leaves. Shortly thereafter, as people came by, they couldn't help but to give the man their pocket change. This man saw an increase of this change coming. It was coming so fast that he had a hard time picking it up. After a while, the young lady was coming back through there. As she came, she stopped in front of the man. Now, as she stood there, the man went and touched her shoes. He initially touched her shoes when she was riding on the sign. This is how he identified people, by the feel of their shoe, because he's down there. So as he's filling her shoes and she's standing there looking, as if he could see, he looks up at her, but he couldn't see her. But he says, what did you do to my sign? And she knelt down and said, sir, it says the same thing. I just changed the way it said. You see, we change our words. We change our world. We change our words. We change the world of someone else. Today, we're going to talk about our words. If you like titles, the title of this Bible study today is our indescribable power of our words. Words are very, very significant. So much so that I went out and I wanted to see how many words in one day does an individual speak? We speak 3,000, 9,000, 10,000, 20,000. In the research that I had done, on average... On average, between male and female, I was given the information of about 11,000 words a day. could be more. But if we speak 11,000, just a minimum of 11,000 words a day, that's 4 million words a year. We can speak up to 309 billion words in our lifetime, living to the age of 77. Now, I want you to understand that these words that you speak are our imprint to the world. A quote that I've got is that we got to be careful with our words. Once they are said, 
They can be forgiven, but not necessarily forgotten. Proverbs 15, 28 states, the heart of the godly think carefully before they speak. The heart of the godly think carefully before they speak. And that's what I want us to study today. This study is for us to be thoughtful. My objective is that we are thoughtful on what we are creating when we speak. And the purpose that I want to for us today is to examine ourselves, examine what we say and what we are creating. Let me ask you something. On your way to church this morning, did you say any words that may cause God to blush? Maybe not. Probably not with this mature. Think about it. Did you say anything that may cause God to go, what are you thinking? What are you saying? Why are you saying that? Anyway, let's move on. In the Torah, the very first study of creation, that Torah study is called Bereshit. In that study, it teaches us many important lessons, but none more powerful than our words and speech because it shares about God creating the word world with 10 utterances or divine speech. God has also implanted us humans with the ability to speak. Man has been endowed with the ability to communicate with intelligence. So always be mindful as God speak, he creates man on his own ability also creates. Would you understand that we also create with our words There are more commandments in the Torah about speech and words than any other. Let that sink in a little bit. It's very significant what we say. You can find that study in Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 through 6 and 8 in the Torah study. If you get a chance to get out there and study that, it's very interesting. Now, let us take a look at what James is telling us about controlling the tongue. In James 3, James chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. The word says, Dear brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers in the church, for we who teach will be judged by God with great strictness. We all make many mistakes, but those who control their tongue can also control themselves in every other way. We can make a large horse turn around and go wherever he wants by means of a small bit in its mouth. And a tiny rudder that makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot wants it to go, even though the winds are strong. So, also, the tongue is a small thing, a very small muscle. But it can cause enormous damage. A tiny spark can set a great force on fire, and the tongue is a flame of fire. It is full of wickedness that can ruin your whole life. It can turn the entire course of your life into a blazing flame of destruction. It is also set on fire by hell itself. People can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish, but nobody can tame the tongue. It is an uncontrollable evil full of deadly poison. 
Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it breaks out into curses against those who have been made in the image of God. And so, blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, brothers and sisters, this is not right at all. He goes on to say, does a spring of water bubbling out both fresh and bitter water? Can you pick an olive from a fig tree or a fig from a grapevine? No, you can't. You can't draw fresh water from a salty pool. What James is explaining to us in a summary is that the human word is powerful. The tongue is a small part of the body that can control havoc and defile a man. Our words are like a fire, if we're not careful, igniting, igniting the entire course of our life. We can say one thing and it changes everything. And it can change everything for a decade, we, as we know. He also goes on that a blessing, blessing God and cursing man should not come out of the same mouth. That's why he was talking about, can water come from a well that is sweet and salty or bitter, you know, fresh and salty? By nature, that doesn't happen. And he's trying to say, hey, by nature, we believers, that shouldn't happen with us, cursing and blessing. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna spend some time and let us take a look in the word on how we speak that defiles us. I've got four points to make on that that we can look at. And then behind that, I want to give you some tools to help you tame a tongue that is untamable. Okay, I want to give you some things to think about. Now, understand, if you do not have Jesus Christ in your heart and you do not receive the resurrection power in your life, these words are empty words. They're useless to you. Because it takes the power and might of God, the Son, and the Holy Spirit to help us, to help us tame our tongue. And men and women of God are very, very patient, and they think about what they say, I'm telling you. You know, I'm, you know I mean, I've been working on this for my life for years because I, I didn't get saved until a much later age in my life. And, uh, I mean, I, I know that I damaged a lot of relationships by just being impatient, uh, being aggressive, letting fear control me sometimes because fear will let you. And I'll share some of that in, in the controlling of the tongue. So, remember, our words are indescribable when it comes to creating. We can't describe how powerful our words are. If you want to reach heights, words will help you get there. Studying God's word, the, the power of God will help you get there. Amen? All right, let's talk about the four types of things that come from our mouth that will defile a man. The first one the Lord gave me was the abundance of words or talking too much. How many of you have ever been in a church setting or a home group where on occasion you may have one person that comes and they take the entire air out of the room because all they do is talk about their problems, about how bad they hate their husband, how bad their kids are, and how they hate their job, and just on and on and on and on. 
Well, that person is speaking that life into them. Now, let's take a look at a passage of scripture, and I'm just going to, we're not going to read it. I'm just going to share it with you. I want to show you the power of few words. Let's go to Joshua. In the book of Joshua, chapter 6, this is when Joshua took the Israelite people. They've already crossed into the promised land. Joshua took them in, took them in and now they're going to go and take Jericho. Now, for six days, God told Joshua, the priest with the horn, Ark of the Covenant, army, and the people, get up in the morning and go out there and walk around that, that, that city. For six days, he did that. On the seventh, they made the seventh trip. What did Joshua do? He said, shout. Their words brought that wall down. But they weren't out there murmuring. They weren't out there uh, uh, saying wall, fall, wall. You know, they were obedient to God like we should be. So I always say this to young people. Choose your battles to win your war. Choose your words to get your victory. You know what I mean? And Joshua and them, they were, they were there. So there is power in few words. But let's look at what Proverbs ten nineteen says. Too much talk leads to sin. It goes on, be sensible and keep your mouth quiet. Matthew 15, 11. It does not go, what, what goes into a man's mouth does not defile him. You are defiled by the words you speak. So slow your roll. I, I, I like the scripture, the, the deal that I wrote down, you know, be slow to speak, be slow to speak. Uh, I've got it written down, and I'm sorry I can't quote it. Yes. Yes. So, um, uh, and these are, little, these are little things that I actually carry in my notepad on my phone. My business requires me to interact with hundreds of people a day in some case. I mean, I'm, I'm interacting with lots of people. And, uh, and every morning I, I just ask for divine guidance and wisdom and to protect me with this. Amen. Because my living is made by, not professionally speaking, by no means, but by interacting with people and talking to people, reading people, uh, sensing what they're thinking, you know, and, 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 and helping put deals together, if that makes sense, in the car business. Anyway, number two, the second defilement are careless words. These words are negative, damaging, and hurtful. Now, the Lord wanted me to stress this upon you. He gave this to me. He says that we can be more vulnerable with our words and be careless with our words when we're sick. Think about that. When we're tired, when we're stressed, when we're upset and fearful. So when you are experiencing that in the physical body, make it your goal to, to be aware there's been times where I've not felt good. And Laura comes in and says, honey, can I do something? And I'm like, no, just get away. I, I, just don't, don't bother me. I'm good. Just leave me alone. Well, those are kind of careless, hurtful words because her concern is for me and that I feel better. And I was a little bit ugly. Now, here in Scripture, I want to show you another story on careless with your words. And go along with me on this. You remember when Saul was going to battle? And he was in the desert waiting on Samuel. Samuel told him to wait on him. It took Samuel seven days to get to him. Well, 
before Samuel got there, the day that he was getting there, Saul got impatient. And I can only imagine the words he was saying. Saul's, I mean, Samuel's not coming. We got to go. We're losing some men. Let's just do this, this burnt offering and peace offering and let's get out of here and go do battle. He was careless, careless, thinking careless words. I could have just imagined. And of course, Samuel shows up and we know the story. It ended up costing Saul his kingdom by just being careless with his words. And I, I imagine that his men bought in to him saying, hey, let's do this ourselves. So when people speak careless to us, let's not just dive into something that uh, might cause this also some issues. Amen? And here's why. Um, in Matthew 12, 36, 37, and this is in red letters, Jesus tells us, that you must give an account on judgment day of every idle word you speak, every careless word you speak, every negative word you speak, every hurtful word you speak, the vile words you speak. Now, that's not scripture. I'm just iterating. The words you say will reflect your fate. Then either you will be justified or you will be condemned. So words matter. I went down and wrote, refrain from the careless words and replace these words with uplifting, positive, grace-filled words. For an example, Laura comes in, instead of me shooing her out of there, I should have been more like, Laura, thank you. I'm, I'm good at the moment. Let me just continue to get my rest. I love you and I appreciate it. You know, that's an example of that. Careless words will cost you everything if you're not careful. Number three, here's a big one. Complaining words, words of complaint. Philippians 2.14 says, in everything you do, stay away from complaining. Paul goes on to write in Philippians 4.8 that these are the things that we should set our mind on. And I'm paraphrasing that scripture, but we need to think about things. When, when, instead of complaining, let's think of things that are true, that are honest, that are just, good report, praiseworthy. And that's just a couple of them that he stated in that scripture. Another section of scripture that I, I, I thought about with complaining. The day that Jesus was feeding the 5,000 and the disciples came to him and said, hey, look, uh, we need to get these people out of here. There's nothing to eat and it's getting late. And Jesus went, well, look to see what we have. And I imagine Peter's like, what do you mean what do we have? I mean, are you expecting us to feed these guys? You want us to go to town and get the food? Can you just imagine that conversation? I mean, they were being real with God. Jesus. Jesus was probably, you know, being real back with them. But even those guys had complaints with our Lord. So I, I found it ironic that we need to be more disciplined when something ails us or whittles at us. Let's look at it the, the, from a different angle. Let's look at it to where, how are we going to solve it instead of complaining about it? Amen. All right. Number four, a biggie, biggie. Words through which we criticize or judge others defiles us. James 4.11 says, Don't speak evil against others, my dear brothers and sisters. If you criticize each other and condemn each other, then you are criticized and condemning God's law. But you are not a judge who can decide whether the law is right or wrong. Your job is to obey it. Let us not criticize Judge or be judged. Don't forget that you got a log in your eye while you're looking at the guy's speck. 
There's no need to judge. And I've really worked on myself on that also, working with people. And uh, humans are humans. You're going you're gonna to run across that stuff, you know. So uh, let us be cautious of being critical and, and, and stuff. I've seen it where uh, a critical judging spirit, starting even from the top in leadership of a church, can ruin and, and, and destroy a church and the people in it. And if something like that shows itself, I would go to that person. I was too young in the faith at the time when I saw that going on. I, I, you know, I, I was trying to learn, and uh, I should have said something then. And, of course, that ministry today is no longer there. You know, it, it had a lot of other things, but uh, I realized at a young Christian age that, man, why are they talking like that? I mean, these guys are supposed to be loving on these people and helping these people. And why are they being so critical in judging these folks? Amen? So, keep in mind that our tongue will, will set us, our life on a course that is of destruction if we are not careful. Those four simple things are things that we need to take in mind and consider. Amen? All right. Now, I have five little things that we need to talk about in helping us control our tongue. Number one. Besides, like I mentioned, to have the power of God in our heart and asking for his divine guidance, we need to learn that we need to take full responsibility of our words. We own them. We speak them. We own them. And as I said about Matthew 12, 36, and 37, we will be held accountable for those things. So receive that. We are responsible for what we speak. To help us control our tongue, we need to rely on God's strength to aid us every day. We find that in Philippians 4.13, that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. If you tell me that you can't work on taming your tongue, I'm going to tell you that you're not telling the truth. You're not telling the truth. You know? So rely on God's strength to aid you. The other, number three, is dedicate your heart and tongue to God. Spend time reading his word and be in prayer each day. If we do those things, I wrote down what you fill your heart and mind with. What you fill your heart and mind with, your words follow. Let that sink in. I learned that a long time ago. I would uh, sit up like, with me traveling like I do. I would sit and watch news up until the time I go to bed. I know. And, uh, and uh, you get up the next morning. I'm telling you. And, and do this. Try this. And it, you're probably already aware of it. But let's say you watch a movie before you go to bed. The next morning, what's some of the things that come to your first thought of your mind? Movie. Movie. Somebody may have upset you or out for dinner. Somebody may have upset you. And you go home and go to bed. What do you think about the next morning you get up? So, it is very, very important that we dedicate our hearts and minds to the word and prayer. And the other thing that, through this study, I began to start praying for, that I would pray for on occasion. But now I'm really asking for a lot of it. And that's God's grace. The abundance of grace 
God, I want so much grace that I can't help but to spread it around as I travel around. Now, when that grace is at the forefront of your conscious mind and something comes your way that is, is not pleasant or irritating, you just hand that grace. Hand that grace. Let me tell you, this week, my wife will tell you, I have had a multitude beyond anything I've had in a long time. I've had a multitude of fiery arrows shooting at me all week and actually hitting on me. I mean, firing at me. I have dealt with a lot of things, things that we normally don't have to discuss or deal with, okay? And uh, I am so thankful that two weeks ago that I had been praying for the grace of God because instead of allowing that stuff to bring me down or me turn it around and bring somebody else down because of the authority that I have, no, no, grace, I set this aside if I can't do it at the moment because I know that God will empower me when it's time to come back to deal with that. So I did not let these darts affect my attitude nor my outlook on the people. Grace. Man, let grace be be full of that grace. I'm telling you, that changes you. That grace will do that. Try it. It will change the words you speak. And if you're in the word of God and you are connected with prayer, because prayer is like having air, man. You gotta have your prayer. That's where the source is at. So anyway, dedicate yourself to God in every aspect of your life. The fourth thing in learning to control your tongue is to ask for forgiveness for any unloving words said. That shows the maturity of a real Christian person. If I said something that would offend you guys, I would come up and publicly say, man, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that I let that happen or that slipped or I thought that way. And I've asked God to forgive me and I'm asking that you too forgive me. Because really I want the love of God that's in my heart to be shared with everyone and not the darkness that creeps in sometimes in them little crevices. Amen? So, let's see here. I had some great sayings here, but I pretty much just paraphrased it and said it. So, all right, let's go to number five because we're getting close to finishing up because we gotta be out here in a few minutes. Number five. The thing to learn to control your tongue is train yourself. Learn to speak words of encouragement Comfort, inspiration, and affection. Ask God to guide you to speak the words that not only honor him, but gives life to those that you're speaking to. Train yourself. And that's where being in the word and in prayer and grace, you can't help for that to happen. You, can't, you just can't help for that to happen. In Proverbs 18.4, the word says, a, a person's word can be a life-giving water. I like that scripture. Also, wise words are as refreshing as a bubbling brook, it goes on to say. So, if we realize the things that defile us and take captive of that and work on these 
And there's a lot more that we can do. I just wanted to hit a few points. There's many things. I mean, this is a, there's a lot to study on this. But I wanted to hit a few things that kind of highlighted the way, you know, for me, how it's helped me. And I hope it helps you. So, in closing, I want you to understand, like I mentioned, that we create words. Our words create, just as God created and still creates. So go along with me here. I want you to to look at this. I have an easel sitting here. And on this easel is a blank canvas. Now, throughout the day as we speak, it is as if we're painting on this canvas. As we go throughout the day and we're painting this canvas, does this painting reflect pride, dishonesty, envy, gossip, anger, death, ungodliness? Is this what you're painting? Maybe a little bit of God sprinkled here and there, but throughout the day, is this what this painting represents? Or does this painting represent integrity, honor, love, peace, life, God, and the kingdom of God. Keep this in mind. At the end of the day, our painting reflects our words. So what are you painting? Now, in, in Matthew, it says that we will be accountable and held accountable for our words. So what will that look like when we get to heaven? How does that work? Do we sit and listen to a recording? I, I don't know. I can't imagine. Or are we taken back and shown each painting of that day of our life. We all create. What are we creating? What, is our, what, what, what does this reflect? So it's so important that we work on ourselves and grab and take control of what we do and what we say because every single word we speak creates. Amen? So, Proverbs 18.21. The tongue has a power of life and death. Those who love it will eat of its fruit. So, let me challenge you into going into Memorial Day. I have a challenge for you. Number one, when we wake up every morning, let's acknowledge God and give him thanks for this day. For this is the day that you have made and we shall rejoice. Ask for the renewing of your mind. We may have seen, heard, or even thought of something that wasn't of God when we went to bed. And it, and it sat there and festered in our subconscious. So as we wake up, we thank God and say, Lord, renew my mind today. Touch me and renew my mind. Let me see things the way you see things. Help me fight the flesh that wants to rise up within me. Number true, two, is, or three, is pray for the abundance of grace, like I mentioned. Renewing of your mind in the abundance of grace and make time, make time to study his word and prayer. And I have really uh, been working for me. I mean, uh, I'm in, uh, anyway, I work hard to do that. I really do. I have a tight schedule, but that is a priority because prayer is there. Being in that word, praying to God, is significant in our lives. The other thing, again, is take responsibility for words. I want you to be responsible for what you say. 
going into this weekend. Lift up people that you come in contact with. You know, they may come in and talk about something that's negative, this, that, and that. And I just tell them, hey, man, it's under control. And I I share my faith with people. I I mean, from all sorts of, of religions and walks in my business. And they know. I'm like, let God handle it. God's got it. You know? So share the love of God. And then also understand the indescribable power that we have. I want you to keep a conscious mind of that, the indescribable power of our words. And uh, when you speak, speak life. I would love to see some of your paintings someday when I get to heaven. I would love to see your paintings because I know this group paints beautifully and you will work to paint beautifully, amen? All right, let's pray. Do you mind if I pray the blessing? All right, first off, Father, thank you. I thank you for your word today. I thank you for the way it impacted me, and I pray that I shared in a matter that touches someone here. Now, Father God, I ask that you will bless us and keep us, that you make your face to shine upon us and be gracious to us. Lord, we ask that you lift up your countenance and give us peace. May righteousness, peace, and joy of the Holy Spirit, the kingdom of God, consume us, and that we are like a tree planted by the streams of living water, that our leaves never wither, and we produce fruit in every season. And wherever we go and whatever we may touch shall be blessed. I pray the blessing of God in this class today. And Father God, thank you for everything that you're doing in our lives. We praise you and thank you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. God bless everybody.